Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. What's good, Wild Black family? This is Vince. I wanted to take a quick minute to welcome you back to our Black Futures Month series running all month long. This isn't the typical Wild Black episode, and you won't hear your normal hosts, Art or I, again until March. But what you will hear today are Peyton and Xavier, our 17-year-old guests from last week, turn host for the next two weeks as they interview Forbes 30 Under 30, 17-year-old co-founder and CIO of SafeTrip, Mr. Langston Whitlock. They go deep on the impact of young black youth, and I'm pretty sure you'll feel the impact from this episode. That's all I've got. Without further ado, I'm out. Peace. Enjoy the episode. You have to start. You have to start from in your community. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I feel like, you know, for us to, for us to want to expand in anything that we want to do, we have to start from ourselves. You know, because it's a it, even at my school, it's a lot of people that have clothing lines. You know, snack snack companies and things like that along the lines of that. So if we start embedding the things in ourselves, it will it'll become major within no time, you know, because we are each other and we if we if we love each other like we say we do, we'll do anything for each other. You know, that that's how it's that's how it's supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to 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 Welcome to Wow Black. A seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Welcome to Black Futures Month, the innovative twist to Black History Month. While remembering, commemorating, mourning, and celebrating the sacrifices and accomplishments of our ancestors is eternally important, there's also an obligation to speak about what's coming next. Now, I know my voice sounds different from your usual host, and that is because, as mentioned in last week's episode, Art and Vince have passed the torch, at least for the next two weeks, to two students you heard from last week, me, Peyton Gunner, a 17-year-old senior, and my classmate from the Harvard Diversity Project, Xavier Schenkel. Hey, guys. (laughs) We love that. Who's also 17. But don't be too scared. Who better to talk about black youth than two people from the age group? So these next two episodes are written and produced by Black Youth Talk About Black Youth. Today we're talking about breaking through the glass ceiling and what you do after you break through and realize you're the only one there. So the first person we're interviewing this month is the one and only Langston Whitlock. And Welcome, he, Langston! He's the perfect... <laughs> 
person to be interviewed for Black Future Month. We're, we're so grateful for, for his willingness to be here to start us off. And like I say, welcome, Langston. We're glad to have you here. Uh, Langston is a, a North Carolina native who was, you know, has done more than a typical teenager. You know, at 16 years old, Langston is the founder and CIO of his own tech startup, SafeTrip. Now, SafeTrip is this outstanding Atlanta-based transportation app centered around lowering the barrier to medical treatment and cutting down transportation costs and therefore increasing uh, access to healthcare. Now, Langston literally coded this app from the bottom up. It was crazy. recognized like crazy. Literally coded this app from the bottom up. It was recognized uh, for its work by being named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And he is even looking forward to expanding Safe Trip into the aviation industry. And it is without a doubt that uh, Langston is a trailblazer. And we, we really applaud him for the work he's done um, so far. So in layman's terms, he closed the gap of what Lyft and Uber couldn't do. Mm. So whatever healthcare they couldn't provide... His app definitely does it for them. Fills the gap. Perfect. So Langston, first things first, okay? You ready? So we do these things called wild black questions, okay? They're, they're here to loosen you up, get you comfortable, talk about life while black. It's going to be great. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> really enthusiastic there, Langston. Okay, first things first. We're all clear with this. You're a senior in high school. You've been used to this. So you're given a class project during Black History Month to present on a black leader that has, made, that has had the largest impact on you. Not just in the black community, but in the world. Who are you choosing and why? Well, the black leader that I'll probably choose would be... Don't say Martin Luther King, please. Nah, nah. <laughs> we love him, but... It probably would be Langston Hughes. Oh, we love mm. that. Why? Mm. Because, you know, growing up, that's my name. So, like, <laughs> every time every time, every time, time I'm in a, in a certain class and when we'll be doing a, a, a poetic project or anything dealing with poetry and as soon as they say Langston, everybody turn around in the class and look straight at me. People mm -hmm. love name association, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's always like, you know, I just wanted to know more about him. And then when I actually started, you know, reading his dialect and everything, and I started actually focusing on who he really was, he was he was a cool dude, Phenomenal. you know. Mm -hmm. He loved he loved music just like I do. And he he loves he loves the way way of life of not only through poetic terms, but he also lived it like just living a normal life. And he he never seemed through the outside of, you know, it, even though he was going through things of like, you know, segregation and all types of stuff like that, he didn't look at it that way. He always made a way to make it look different through his poems, really. What a great explanation. I thought you just, I thought it was going to end it. You got the same name. And I was so <laughs> yeah, impressed. Yeah, was so deep on that one. So speaking about music, this one's going to be a little more fun. This one's finished the lyric. I think you got this, okay? So we're going to start off. Cardi B, I'm going to give you the name and the artist. He's going to be good. All right, it's going to be good. And if you don't know, I mean, I'll finish it, obviously. Okay, this is Cardi B, Bodak Yellow. Great song. This is even in the beginning. These expensive, these are red bottoms. These is bloody shoes. Exactly. Okay. There you go, easy. Starting <laughs> off simple. Okay, this one's a little harder. Okay. This is Kendrick Lamar, All Right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gonna be all right. And when I wake up, I recognize you're looking at me for the... <laughs> <laughs> Is it a morning light? What? Whoa. What? I'm tripping. It's gonna rhyme with wake up. Oh, wake up. I, I haven't heard that song in a long time. And when I wake, wake up, up, I recognize you're looking, looking at me for the... the... <laughs> oh, you got what? it. Cake up. Pay cut. There we go. Oh, pay cut. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Except we do the last one. All right. So, Sweet Life on Deck. Okay. The theme song, right? Okay. All right. Come along with me. Please don't sing it again. Let's head out to sea. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's been a minute. <laughs> you mean to run it back? Yeah, run it back. Come along with me. Oh, Let's head out to sea. 
Yeah. Ah. <laughs> what this world has for you and for me now. Ooh. Okay. Little, little childhood songs. Mm. What did you grow up on? Uh, Discovery Channel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, that was learning forever. <laughs> okay, this is a question that every guest gets asked. Okay? okay, really think about it. Take your time. What is your favorite part about life while black? Well, my favorite part about life while black is growing up around other people of your color that you get to you know hang around and experience the different things that they go through and the different things that they can teach you not not only because the color the color of their skin but also because of the way they were brought up and taught their their different things that's what i like about being black so it's being a part of the black community yeah mm. absolutely i feel that for real well Langston, hope you enjoyed our uh wild black questions but now we're going to move into what's called <laughs> We we we're gonna move into we want to move into the dub quote. And basically, what we can do is we're gonna say a quote from an African African American, and we want to get your opinions on it. We 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 like to use the quote to set like a framework for what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, today's dub quote comes from Barack Obama, and he says that change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek, and I really think this is a perfect quote to summarize the purpose of this month, Black Futures Month. The black youth in America are not so much up next, but, you know, we are up now. And um, a perfect example of this is the work you've done, Langston. And so you know, what do you think about that quote? How are you doing, first of all? What do you think about it? Well, we up now. I feel like we've been up, to mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah. You know, I don't ever feel like we've been at a down point. We just have never been. We've been outshadowed, you know. People people have been around doing. It's people at my age that have been doing better things than I, than I thought I did. You know, I look I look at look at youth and what I do a lot, you know, it's it's not even just about me being in a technology field and being so young. It's it's a lot of people out there that do amazing things at such a young age. And you really have to get into that and, you know, look into it. You just can't look through the outside of what how old we are and how people look at us just because the the number that says on our uh birth certificate at that, at that certain time of life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, taking initiative like right now is extremely important. And um, it's important to be ambitious when you, no matter what age you are. Um, but we want to really give you the opportunity to describe yourself <coughs> in whatever way possible. So yeah, tell us a little bit about We spoke really logical, logically yeah. about what you do and who you are, but you tell describe me. yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't like describing myself in a courageous or heroic manner because I just feel like, you know, that's that's not me. I don't feel, I, I feel like the way that I change people is through what I do mm. and how, how I live, you know. Certain people like to say, well, I do this, I do that, you know. I I change this, I change that. I don't I don't like going around saying I changed that, I, I did this, you know. I've, I've made a lot of accomplishments and I still want to make even more, but at the same time, I don't like, you know. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. 
Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Posting or, or spoiling about the things that I did. I just, you know, if someone comes up to me, hey, that's cool what you did. You know, it, it brightens my day, brightens my mood all the time because, you know, you doing something that you love to do can change somebody's life just by them looking at it. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. So, you know, that that in itself is is the cool part of of doing what I do. But at the same time, you know, actually feeling like, oh, I'm the man. Yeah, I do this, I do that. Nah, I've I've never been that type. So. What a humble approach to <laughs> so life. Humble. So like, if you feel that way, what was the catalyst to start this this app? Like, what gave you this inspiration to do something so heroic and so incredible? Mm-hmm. If you're not that kind of person, you think. <laughs> Well, the really, let's get to the nitty gritty. Okay. okay. We're ready. So <laughs> We're going to go there with you. This, the idea of Safe Chip was really through an outreach event. Okay. We were, we were out, me and Janice, we were out at a, uh, at an outreach event, um, for Stars Outreach. They're, uh, outreach, uh, they're, they're also a social club, but they have an outreach program also. So we was out, I think in Hope Park, downtown Atlanta, Hurt, Hurt. Hurt Park, downtown Atlanta. And it was this homeless guy that approached us, you know, I was passing out food and water and things like that. It was a homeless guy approached us and he was like, you know, a lot of people out here just think we're so crazy. We don't know what, what what's going on. We don't know anything, you know. He and you know, we was listening to him because we got there all the time. We we love listening to him, you know. Cause they 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 love to see us just because we come in with food and the things that they want that they that they need. So he came out there. He was like, you know, they think they think we're really going through something. We're really crazy. But all we need is a way, a way to get to our medical appointments so we could get the t- uh, the type of treatment that we deserve and need. And then she came to me. She she thought about it. Then she came to me. She said, you know, that that really dawned on me what that man said. You know, that all they need is a way to get to a medical appointment to get the type of medicine they need and treatments they need to survive. And I was like, well, we can put something together, you know, to, you know, get that going. And then she was like, is there any way? I was like, yeah, it's, it's always a way. You just <laughs> got to, you know, you just got to start somewhere. So that's what, that's where the, that's where the whole idea of Safe Trip came that from. That reminds mm-hmm. me so much of the way that black youth feel, you know, like, I think we're crazy yeah. and no one listens to us and all we need is a way. Of course, maybe not always associating, you know, with healthcare or transportation, yeah. but in a lot of ways, I think that black youth feel unheard and lost and like no one respects them. Yeah. Do you feel that way before you? Yeah, a lot? Yeah. Do you think that it came more from inside of your community or outside of it? Outside. In what way? It's a lot of things that put us down in the, in the inside of our community, but it's a lot of things that also put us out on the outside because we go through a lot of stuff daily through, you know, the things that go on in the world. But, you know, of my side, I don't try to look at that, you know. I try to fight all adversities. Keep keep going with life, you know. I don't let things like little obstacles like racism, things like that. Little obstacles, I don't let stuff like that get to me. You know, mm-hmm. I just I just keep I just keep my head forward and keep keep my head on the pavement and knowing I got goals to goals to get to. So yeah, we, you know, obviously goals and 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 staying determined, staying motivated, play a very important role when it comes to the growth of of yeah. any company or any organization. So I just want I just want to 
you allowed to I want to allow you to to tell the world, tell all the listeners, what does the world look like without a safe trip app? Unsafe. Mm. <laughs> Unsafe. You're right. I mean, like I'm, I'm sure you experienced the time before you created it. Yeah. I guess a better. I guess another way we could put it is, have you seen your impact? Yeah. What's it? You know that same homeless guy came up to me after we created the app, and he and we had on we went down to Hurt Park, and we actually filmed footage, and we seen that same man in the park. When we filmed footage uh, for a safe trip, for something we had to sit film for, mm. and he was like, "That was you. You did that." <laughs> wow. He was like, "Man, that's crazy." Warms your heart for sure. Yeah, it it, it really warmed my heart because it was the exact same dude. He was in a wheelchair. He was like, "Man, I got." I got to get to my doctor's appointment, and they got me a they got me a a mobile you know the the vans the uh, accessible vans healthcare accessible vans. He was like they got me there. They came to the park and they put me in there, and he just felt so good because you know not only do we just uh, take from debit or or credit, we also uh, provide from um, insurance. So mm-hmm. that's another form of payment for Safe Trip, and he had insurance, so he was able to get to his his appointment on time. And for those who don't know, 25 to 45% of people cancel their appointments because they can't make it or they're unavailable or, you know, anything like that. The small things you don't think about when you're privileged enough to have a vehicle or a car, pay your public transportation, people, you know, people don't have those same opportunities. Um, and Safe Trip is actually closing that gap. That's, exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. It's an amazing job at that. But we want to get into some more questions. <laughs> and so... You're from North Carolina, Langston, right? Yes, and sir. and so is the famous rapper DaBaby. And so, um, one of his lyrics is just an idea like I'm on. Stop trying to sing <laughs> the sing. lyrics. She, she says she's just a fun say one. I'm them. trying to be fun. All right, you read them. It's ahead, not read them. fun. Read them. Read them. Read them. Go ahead. <laughs> just sign the deal. I go where I want. Play if you want. I'm a young CEO. Mm. See, you heard it in the you heard it in your ears. I didn't mm-hmm. have to sing it. And so, <laughs> you're from you're from North Carolina. The baby's from North Carolina, and <laughs> So uh, rap is obviously very influential for, for any community, especially for the African-American community. So what role do you think rap plays in encouraging our youth to be entrepreneurs to be successful? Or, or do you think it doesn't play a role at all? Like, what impact do you think rap has? I feel like it always has an impact. Music mm. itself has an impact, you know, on my life especially. I love music to death. So, you know, it, it always plays a role because, you know, you have young aspiring rappers out there. And then some people that just listen to music, you know, because it's it's a it's a uh, it's it's shown research that music actually helps you think better when you're when you for some for certain people not mm-hmm. everybody but for certain people music helps you think better when you when you're doing anything like you could be doing a project in school could just be doing simple simple daily tasks or anything it helps you do better and everything so music itself is a is a driving force for a, for a lot of things so. And I've, I've read those studies, and especially playing an instrument. Yeah. I know you play the drums. Yeah. And uh, um, I played the harp when I was in elementary school. Not elementary Well, no. Middle school. Yeah. And I did see a lot of growth in the way that I think in my processing. Have you seen the same way by playing the drums? Yes. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> it makes you think about life way outside of just the norm. Like Yeah, something about reading music. Yeah, it just sounds crazy about stuff to you. <laughs> So the term CEO, which the baby says, and not just the baby, I don't know why we're saying that, like he's the only one that says CEO, but um, can relate or translate to a lot of things in current society. And so the question is like, what are the qualities of leadership that stand out to you? Who inspired these ideas? Well, first inspiration all the all the time is my dear old mother, you know. Mm. She 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 wakes up every day, works hard 
for me and my um, my younger sibling. You know, she does that every day. And that's my maximum goal is to make her live endlessly happy knowing that her son did something great in this world. And that's what I'm putting my mind to. And that's my maximum goal of anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Not not also, not just my mom, but my grandma too, you know? That's, that's my... <laughs> my my guardian angel. So, do you think that a lot a lot of inspiration for young leaders should be finding inspirations in someone in your family? Yes, or, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody doesn't see it, but that's where that's where it comes from. You know, people that you see every day. You know, you take you, you take things like that for granted. You know, because someone in your house may not have an important job. They might not do anything major. You know, they might just be have a regular nine to five, but. If they're able to, you know, keep a roof over your head, lights in the house, water, food, you know, that that goes a long way in helping you you do what you need to do and providing you with the necessities that you need on a on a day-to-day life. Coming to yeah. rags to riches like that is kind of like what you hear a lot in rap. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so interesting we were talking about it. And like, do you believe that, which is a you know, really spoken in the black community, mm-hmm. mostly. So do you believe that, like, the black community as a whole has played a major role in your growth and your success and your journey yes. to leadership? Yes. Yes? How? Yes. I, f- I feel like, you know, I, I grew I grew up around the black community. My mom kept me in the black community. I started out when she kept me in church from little boy, played drums all the way through, through uh, elementary school to middle school, and she kept me around the Masons and uh, the 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 lamest league and you know all the little black black little black community. I mean not black black organizations in the city, cause I'm from Durham and it's a lot of things to do. So she she just kept she just kept my mind afresh of different things and different ideas, not just stagnant on one thing. You know what I'm saying? What does a leader in the black community look like to you? How do you describe someone who's influential to African Americans? Someone that is not afraid. Afraid of anything, really. Mm. It takes courageous steps to do anything, you know. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. He's a, he's a he or she, yeah. not just he, but he or she takes courageous steps to improve or better anything, you know? Not not looking at looking at things as if it's just for them, but also the people around them, mm-hmm. you know? Because some, some people get leadership mixed up because some leaders only do it for themselves. Some people don't do it because of what could be impacted of what they do and what they know how to do. So you did an interview with Afrotech in the beginning of last year, and you said, my age wasn't a big challenge because the people around me believed in my skills. I'm also humble enough to ask adults for help in the tech field so they're more inclined to provide opportunities for me, right? So in this, you adjust your age and how you dealt with what some people would call a challenge, right? So first off, one thing was super interesting was the word choice. Why did you use the word humble, you think? Being humble enough to ask questions or to get help. 
you know, humble humbleness goes a long way. You know, you can you can say you're humble but not be humble. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of people that sit around and say, "Well, I'm a humble. I, I don't do this. I don't do that." Mm-hmm. But it it's not the it's not the way of saying you're humble. It's actually the the actions of being humble. You know, I can go to ask anyone for help. It's not just the people in the tech industry. I can ask any of you guys for help if I, because that's the way I feel. If I feel like you know the information that I need to know or the intellect that I need to know to get to the next level or not even that, just to go on the next hour of my day. You know, it's a lot of things that is, your, your mind has to stay open because you, you're supposed to learn two to three new things a day, at least. Keep your mind open to new ideas and putting really putting your putting your actions in line with your words and doing the things that you say you're actually going to do. So do you think that that having like confidence in the will to discover and, and being ambition, do you think that that played a key role in leading to your success? You have, I'm not, I'm not going to say you have to be confident, but you have to have a certain level of confidence in going in at a, such a young age in the industry that I'm in, you know, mm. especially knowing that it's, it's more of an adult driven industry Okay. because no, no, the normal, the normal youth don't, don't learn the things that I've learned in years. You know, it takes years to learn the type of things that I've learned. So, you know, it takes a certain level of confidence, but it doesn't need enough confidence to where you feel like you're, you know. So imposter syndrome, have you ever heard of that? It's basically when you feel inadequate or experience self-doubt because of things that are imposed upon you. Okay. Right? So like, People are telling you you can't do it because you're too young. People are telling you no one black has done it before. People are telling you that a young black boy can't possibly create an app on his own, yeah. right? Did you ever feel imposter syndrome, a feeling of inadequacy because people kept telling you that? Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, it's always obstacles in a way. And to get past those things, you have to, you know, have something to believe in. You know, number one man is God, so... You pray to him, he gets things better. But, you know, you always have certain things, you know, the goals that I was telling you about earlier, always have that one thing in your mind that keeps you driving every day. Yeah. Keep keep yourself pushing. So even though I might think about, man, they said this, they said that, you know, that didn't work out, that didn't go through, you know, that that might hit that might hit your brain, but at the same time, you have to keep keep a certain level of focus to where you don't worry about those things. You just keep keep it going. What do you say to those people out there? who've lost their focus and they're looking to find it and they're looking to people like you for inspiration. What do you say to those people? Start back from the square one. Mm. That's where it starts at, square one. Find out where you lost the focus at, mm. you know? It's not all about, you know, what can I do to regain the focus? It's where you lost, where you feel like you lost it at. And if you can't find it, then start back from square one. The thing that made you love, the focus of what you're trying to, you know, expand on. So a common saying in the black community is that it takes a village to raise a child. So what are your thoughts on that, on that saying? How do you feel about that? Community. Community. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It does take a, a village to raise a child. You know, it, it's a lot of key parts in into to building even one mind, you know, you, you, at, at such a learning age, you learn, you know, it's, it's in research too. You, you pick up and learn things quicker when you're younger. So, you know, going through as a kid, you look at 
certain things you want to do, you want to grab, you want to see, you want to touch. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, as as from a young standpoint, you know, that's where it's the best time to learn new things. Don't wait till you get a certain age to start, you know, looking at things. Like, I feel like my mom drove me the whole time to have a plan for myself, even though, you know, I was such a young age. She was like, what do you want to do? You know, what 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 do you want? Where you want to go? What do what do you want to experience? And she always had me. She always had my mind on something. I started thinking like this daughter thing. I don't think it's for me. You know, I started looking at different things, and then that's when I found the love of technology and just fell just fell in fell all for it. You talk a lot about actually. Before I do that, I really want to get into the lack of black youth that are interested in STEM, mm. right? Science, technology, engineering, and math. In parentheses. Um, and I think a lot of it is caused by imposter syndrome and being like, you know, you say, I don't want to be a doctor or not you specifically, but the black community, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to go into math or technology. And sometimes it's, is it because we don't want to do it? Or is it because we think we can't, you know, like, did you struggle with that? Did you, when you fell in love with technology, did you feel a barrier between what you could do and what you were doing? You know, I always loved, you know, the hands-on experience. So with me, it was never a problem of like, I can't do it. You know, I I love to touch things, you know, not like, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I like to touch things. So, you know, when I got an opportunity to, you know, just tap away at a keyboard and, mm-hmm. you know, learn different things every day in a coding class, you know, it was fun for me, but some people don't look at, look at it the same, you know, right. Some some people have the average mindset of, oh, I'm gonna be a football player, I'm gonna be a basketball player, mm-hmm. because that's the only thing they have they have put their mind on that they can set themselves to be, because that's what that's what they parent. Some people parents grow them to be athletes and yeah. to to be doctors and lawyers. You know, that's that's what some people just put in their kids. But at the same time, you know, your kid has to go through their own path. They have to pick path. what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Do you think a lot of it is like comes down to what? Black children are exposed to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because how many black schools in Atlanta? We Atlanta is uh, the black mecca, <laughs> you know, like that actually have coding classes and let you work hands on and like yeah. in your chemistry and biology classes you're doing, you know, labs and yeah. doing hands on things. Like you fall in love with it, but who's to say that it wasn't because it was technology, but because it was a different type of learning you never experienced before? Yeah. Yeah, you're you know, right. you're right. So like, if, what would you change about your high school experience or the high school experience of other of your peers? The thing that I would change would be. The more of the hands-on experience, because you know that that's that's a that's a love that I fell into when I when I was in North Carolina. When I came down here, I didn't get get that much of an experience of hands-on. You know, we we still had labs and certain things like that, but the the advantage of the things they had in North Carolina to what they had down here is is a total change of just learning style. Like mm-hmm. it's more of a you know. Get your textbook out. We got to do this. We got to do that. You know, go on Google Classroom. You know, it's, I mean, isn't yeah, Google so, Classroom the worst? Yeah. Oh, there's some young worse. people on here. We hate it too. Uh-huh. It is not helpful. <laughs> and and being that you know you're you're in the technology field now, you're yeah. inside of STEM, and you, you know you know what it, you know exactly what it's like. And there's often a lot of the rumors with a lot of African Americans saying, "I can't handle it. It's not for me. It's too hard." Yeah. So we're giving you the chance to dispel any rumors or dispel any. Any shortcomings that that may be perceived of the STEM field? What do you say to those people who are looking from the outside about technology or engineering or anything to that relation? You know, if you're looking from the outside in, you you think you think it's hard because you you didn't want to try it. You know, 
if you don't, if you, if you, if you look at something and think it's hard from the outside, and you didn't even attempt to try, you, you, you really shouldn't put a say so on it. You know what I'm saying? Can you blame black youth for not wanting to try something that they say they can't? People say they can't do. You can't blame them because that's that's just like like the syndrome you said. If you if, you, if you're feeling that certain type of way, you're you're gonna you're gonna go all the way out with it. So you. Somebody say you can't do it. Some people don't don't look at the focus. You know what I was saying earlier. The focus of I have this goal. I have to do it. You know, certain, certain people, <laughs> certain people just feel like if I can't do it, I can't do it. Let me go pick up something else. Yeah, and like so you have this whole like warrior attitude. We're like, how does this feel? Like, and so how do you how do you battle this? And you're like, you just do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and honest, that's what we love about him. Mm. You know, he has this. Okay, guys, let's go. You know, and it's like a kid magic. Almost, you know, that I think every company, any company could benefit from. I have never been the type of person I take off your interview, but I love, I think everybody needs to listen to the youth, mm -hmm. you know, especially when it comes to how to move companies forward, how to move technology. The youth, y'all always on these tech devices, yeah. you know, y'all know this stuff, it's innate, you know. So, I, I Langston has that kid magic that most companies need to kind of draw from, you know, hire the youth. Ask the youth questions. They have the answers. Trust me. Let's talk about the Forbes list. So Langston made the Forbes list, the Forbes 30 under 30 Forbes list in 2019 under Enterprise Technology when he was 16 years old. Only six. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel success before this accomplishment or was this event kind of the catalyst of your impact and what you felt was your success? I felt success when, when I got done coding. That's when I felt success. Mm -hmm. But... I did feel a certain level of joy when I made the list because, it, you know, at first I was in school, it was like like 9 o'clock, I believe, <laughs> and she called me, she said, you win it, you win it. I was like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Mm. I'm in first period. What are you talking about? You made the Forbes list. I was like, uh, can I step out right quick? <laughs> 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 I stepped out the class. I, I went crazy. You know, I couldn't hold myself together. You know, I didn't want to tell I didn't want to tell anybody at first mm -hmm. because it was like, you know, oh snap, that's crazy. I just made the Forbes list. And you know, that's a big deal. That's a real big deal. So I'm just sitting in class trying to keep my composure because I just wanna blurt it out like I just won the lottery. <laughs> but I could I just I just kept it in. I just kept it in to myself. So you talk about obviously there, there's a difference between your personal life as a teenager and as a high schooler and your job or, or the work you do with Safe Trip. So yes. How do you find like a balance between the two? How, what do you do to, to manage your time? You know, I, I still, I'm still in the learning process of managing my time, but I, I feel like I've tackled that pretty, pretty well. You know, I do a lot of things with, with, with not only the, uh, my school, but also the band program that I'm in. And, you know, that, that, that takes a big toll on time mm. itself. You know, that, that takes like a lot of time. We just, we just, uh, last week, Went to GMEA. That's the uh, largest uh, honor high school bank ever received, mm. and we did excellent there. And you know, I'm a section leader in the in the marching band on the drum line. So it, it's a lot of it's a lot of time consuming things. But at the same time, I know I have a business to you know to get to yeah. and, and to. What school do you go to, Langston? <laughs> Dutch Town High That's School. Sure. What is what is the black the population Bulldogs. looking like there? Mm. <laughs> It's the whole population. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I just want everybody to be clear. Out of the 35 businesses and 45 people on this Forbes list, 
only four of them were black, including Langston. So, Langston, do you do you view these do you view these numbers in a positive or negative sense? What does it mean to be the, one of the few black people on that list? It, it means a lot, mm. but I feel like it could be more. You know, I, I, it it means a lot because you know, seeing that I made the list at a certain young age is already a big accomplishment. But also seeing that you know I'm a minority and what the list is looking like, you know that that's that's a huge accomplishment. But I feel like it's a lot of people out there that are this color of our, of our skin that, you know, have did great things that deserve to be on the Forbes list. Do you think do you think that that it's it's skin color, that it's race that's keeping more uh people from being on that list that look like you? What do you think is the main barrier? I don't I don't think it's that. I just feel like it's it's about who you know mm-hmm. and what you're doing. You Connection. know? Connections. Yeah. That's that's a big key in a lot of things. Have you felt some controversy or some tension between like earning your success based off of affirmative action, like paving ways because you're the first black person to do this, or is it your own merit, genuinely? I feel like you have you don't have to you you can go behind people, but at the same time, I feel like it's about what what the work you put in. You know, because the man that paved the road, you know, he paved it, he he put he put it down for you, but you still gotta drive on it. You still gotta learn how to drive on the road. You can he could have paved it. He paved it years ago. But if you don't know how to drive on it, you're not going to know how to get, you know, you're not going to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the tools. He he might have laid down a major, a major thing, a major tool for it, but you got to learn how to use the tools. So it's still, it's, it, it could be, it could be, it's a, it's, it could be a lot of things that go into it. You know, it's not just about what a certain individual will put down for you, but it's also about what the focus, the level of focus, the level of drive that you have for yourself to be able to go forward with the things that you love to do. And those those uh, morals of drive and confidence and reach to the next level and excellence are kind of embedded in black history. Do you feel that you would have had those same components if you weren't black? Would you have started Safe Trip if you weren't in a black community where community service wasn't fostered and caring about your community wasn't as fostered? I feel I still feel like I would have I would have had the same drive because mm. the skin of your color doesn't mean that you won't have the same drive for things that you love to do. You know, mm-hmm. you could be a different color and still love the work of anything exactly. that you want to love. Yeah. You know, so now I want to get into like black youth. Black right. Youth. In what ways do you feel black youth can be leaders in their community? Is so it just I, creating things or mm. I feel like. It's not even about, you know, just creating things. I feel like it's just about stepping up. You know, some people are mm. just flat out scared mm. to yeah. to do anything. You know, they feel like they'll be laughed on or joked about if they even, you know, stand up for something that they believe in. Mm. So that that that's a major part of, you know, going forward in not only how us as black kids view things, but it's also a major part of what we do. You know, like, saying for me, I don't feel like, you know, being at school every day, it's a lot of things that, that go on that I see just through through my eyes, you know, of people, what they do on the daily. You you have certain people that joke on people every day, you know. They're going to do that every day. They're not, they're not going to, they're not going to stop it. They're just going to do it every day. You have the certain people that be like, hey, knock it off, you know, chill. You got, you got the other people that don't that don't you know necessarily worry about those type of things. They they do, they do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But then you have me that does everything. You know, 
I'm the type of person. If I if I see if I see somebody if I see somebody getting put down, I'm going over there. I'm like, man, hey, chill, mm-hmm. chill. Because I, I just have that type of this, that type yeah. of spirit that you know I'm a I'm a neutral guy. Like nobody can just I've never just had somebody just straight flat out just mad at me just. I don't like him, you know. I just don't. I, everybody just is just drawn. Not to, even out of mm. jealousy. No, everybody <laughs> like people aren't jealous of me. Like everybody's mm-hmm. just drawn to drawn to what I do and my craft. You know, mm-hmm. they they don't look at me as a point of man. He's he's going to be a billionaire one day. He's going to be a millionaire. I don't like that. You know, that's Langston. Not nobody looks at me like that. Everybody loves everybody. everybody to me, everybody loves me. So <laughs> you know, I, that's how I look at it. Do you think that an adequate support in the black youth community is support? Acting in your business, supporting your business, um, supporting other black-owned businesses. Like, is that a role that black youth can play? Yes. Or does it have to be major? You have to start you have to start from in your community. Mm -hmm. You know? I feel like for us to wanna expand in anything that we wanna do, we have to start from ourselves, you know? Mm Cause it's a even at my school, it's a lot of people that have clothing lines, you know, snack snack companies and things like that along the lines of that. So if we start embedding the things in ourselves, it will it'll become major within no time, you know, because we are each other and we if we if we love each other like we say we do, we'll do anything for each other. You know that that's how it's, that's how it's supposed to go. Do you feel held back by um, black adults or the older age group in in the black community as though they're still pioneering? our growth in, in this community and that we have to, like, kind of wait? Or do you feel like they're opening doors for us? I feel like they're opening doors. Obviously, I that's in your doors. your family. Like, <laughs> we see that. We see the support I, and the I, love. But I mean, yeah. like, holistically. It could be times, you know. Yeah. It, it could be times. But, you know, I feel like they're they're beginning to let go. You know, I feel like they're beginning to, you know, hey, these, these kids... They, I think they know what they're doing. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like they're getting to that point of, well, we don't have to, you know, drive it as much, you know, because I feel like in our generation, we have we have a thing of we want to do something, but we don't know how to do it. And mm-hmm. if we get the part of we don't know how to do it. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. In contact with, we know how to do it. it it'll, it'll, yeah. come, it'll come yeah. together. That's all we need is, you know, I, I feel like all we need is because if one person doesn't know anything, another person knows it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we just we just have to get out of a certain stage of self doubt and you know I can't even think of the word but it's it's like we just have to get out of the stage of being to ourselves you know it's a lot of people with great ideas like I've I've sat down with plenty of people you know talking to me about their business plans and goals and they they're just like because you know people come to me hey listen like what can I do man I want to be like you I don't, like what can I do? I was like, first, yeah, what of, do you say to them? Yeah, what do you, what's your I, I, like, response? Fir- first, do you have your plan? You know, do you, do you know what you want to do? <laughs> yeah. Then they like, yeah, of course. Yeah, look, look, look. You know, look at it. You know, that, that's fine, ain't it? That's fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. But what what have you do to go to the next step of it? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just kind of scared. What you scared of? I I just I just don't know. See, that's the thing of self doubt, and you don't know. Yeah. So it's it's not all about you know, me of one, not not of one or two or four or five individuals, you know, standing in place to 
help everybody. I feel like it's a lot of things that people can help that a lot of people don't know about. So if you sit, stand in place for somebody else that knows something and you can help somebody in their place, y'all can gel together and there'll be a lot of things that'll be fixed and grown. It reminds me a lot of the importance of like social media and networking and things of that fashion. So in, 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 in essentially like promotion and, yeah. and, and understanding this is what I have available. Yeah. What do you have available and how can we come together? Yeah. And so what role has, I know you started a technology company, like obviously, right? But what role has social media and networking with other people, how has it impacted you? Well, it's got me on major platforms <laughs> other, other than Forbes. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, social media is a very big platform that, that can be used for a lot of great things. So it's, it's the exposure of certain things. You know, like, if you know you want to do this, Put it on social media. That's the first thing. If you know you want, if you know you like a clothing line, why would you just have a clothing line on your phone? Who's going to know about it? You know, you got to put that out there somewhere so that somebody can get get to that, get in contact with that. Because it might not, and it might not, You, you the thing is people, they don't wait or they don't let things blow up. They want it to blow up instant. Mm. Right. And that's the patience. thing that we can, yes, patience, patience and everything. Like if I had a, if I had a started coding safe trip and the first bug or error I got, I just stopped. It wouldn't be what it is today. So, you know, everything doesn't doesn't just blow up, blow up, come up. You know, you have to be patient. And the one thing that told me that, you know. How would, how would I know? You want to know? <laughs> yes. Going fishing on the fish creek with my granddad every, every Sunday and Saturday. Yeah. Fishing will teach you some patience it will nothing teach else. Patience. Fishing will teach you patience, boy. You ever caught something good? Plenty of times. Oh, not you. You're I'm, I'm just in every brag. area. Like Plenty brag. of times. Are you bad at something, Langston? You're thinking? Oh, man. You're thinking? <laughs> I can't think of anything. Okay, hold on. Oh, you you I'm good not, at lacrosse? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a good drawer. I'm not a good drawer. I, I okay, okay. Yeah. Art we can't do. Yeah. Okay, well, we can play sports. Yeah. We're, we're good at music. Music. Good at STEM. We're good All at school. Around. We're pretty good. <laughs> so do you think you have a really good understanding of Black history and the way that it has allowed us to get here? Yes. And do what in what ways has knowing about Black history and the steps in which you follow impacted you? Well, knowing about Black history, you know, Starting from a little boy getting taught about Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, you know, all the all the big people. You know, it, it teaches you something outside of what you what you learn in normal history. You know, normal history we learn about a lot of things. I'm not gonna get into it, but we learn about a lot of things. And some of those things are false, but we're not gonna get into that to that either. Do you think it's interesting that you just said normal history? So you, you're, you're saying black history and then there's normal history. Yeah. Why do you think you say that? In, because everybody gets taught. Like, if you go through K through 12, you're going to get taught that same history, you know? Mm. That's what I feel like is, is, is when, we, when we get to the part about black history, it doesn't feel like the norm. It feels yeah. like, whoa, that's, that's, hey, that's different. Yeah. We, yeah. Something we yeah, almost like that, something we shouldn't be talking about. Yeah, that, they got some flavor to it. That ain't, that ain't <laughs> not, normal. not the average <laughs> <Yeah. history. laughs> So obviously the people who who heavily influenced black history and, and Martin Luther King, the the, the W E B Du Boises in this world, 
they had a, a profound impact on the black society. So being that we're talking about Black Futures Month, what role do you feel you play in the advancement of black society? Don't let age be a limit to success. You know, that's what I feel like. You know, don't let don't let how old you are make you feel like you could be held to less accomplishments than somebody that, that is older than you. And that's what I feel like I stand for because I've I've proven proven it. So what do you, what do you think? That's a very interesting take. What do you think enforces that narrative that just because you're young, you can't succeed? Like, you can't be influential? Is it like the older people? What do you think causes that? I don't want to say the older people because mm-hmm. it's, a lot, it's a lot of good older people out there. But at the same time, it's... You don't see it. It's not common to see young people doing, like, abstract things. Yeah. So, you know, seeing a young person doing it, you're not... It, you're not used to seeing that, so you're gonna you're gonna obviously think like that's different. You know, I'm, I've never seen that before. So it's not about you know the older people putting it. Oh, they can't do that. They can't do that. It's just you you don't see it on the the average average day mm-hmm. that somebody's doing something to this caliber at such a good level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exposure is definitely plays a very important right. role in a lot of these situations. Oh, and on almost every question, you kind of talk about not being afraid. And pushing past the barrier or breaking a glass ceiling, which is kind of what we're talking about this episode. Yes. And I guess it's kind of easy for you to say, like, Cindy, you know, a little bit. Like, you broke it past it. And I think now that you're there, you kind of can say, like, just break past it, right? <laughs> but if everyone could do it, then everyone would be just like you. Yeah. So I want you to really reflect on the times before your success. And you had to have some fears, right? What if it doesn't work out? I'm spending all my time doing this and staying up forever. Like, mm-hmm. what if I'm wasting, you know, what if I'm wasting my time? Yeah. So, like, what was that fear? And really, when you're giving advice to a younger generation, what do you say to them? A fear that I always had is was was not succeeding, and that 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 played a big role. You know, knowing that I want I want my mom to see me succeed, or that I want my family to see me succeed, it kind of aches my soul when I feel like something is not going right and me not succeeding. So obviously I'm going to push, but everybody can't do the same thing I do. I understand. So it's a lot of things that us as youth let let dictate what we feel, you know, because I'm not going to lie. So like, I feel like our generation, like we, we just totally just shut down when things don't go our way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just feel like we just let that, like let little things get the best of us and we don't seem to want to fight it. We just want to, you know, do parts with it. Just leave it alone. Don't ever come back to it. And I feel like we just need to find that lost piece to, you know, get it back in rhythm to where, okay, if I don't, if this not going to work, you know, boom, let's do plan B. If this, if this didn't work out, let's just start from, from the root of it and keep, keep uh, leveling, leveling up. So it's just the, it's just the, it's just the, the refining point of coming back from the start. If you have got to a point where you just feel like, you're stumped. You can't find it. Mm-hmm. It's about coming back to the start and finding where you actually started to love or wherever you wherever you came from. Yeah, it definitely. If you if you don't see something, you wanna you don't wanna give up. You wanna try again and try yeah. again until you get it right. Yeah. But what advice do you have those people who haven't started at all? They're looking for their nugget of inspiration. They're looking to find their passion, and they want to be successful. What's your message to those? People? And they're not getting it from their family, or their community. Yeah. Well. That's when you start looking into 
if I can't get it from my family or my community, I need to get it in for myself, you know? Take time out to find what you want to do, what you love to do. If you don't, if you if you haven't found it yet, that means you haven't took time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because some people try to find things they love to do through other people and through other things they see, instead of thinking about like, man, I really kind of enjoy that. You know, you take the little things for granted that you enjoy and don't think that you can make a whole major big deal out of it. Like right. you could, you could love tying shoes, for instance. You can you can start something just off tying shoes. It's a lot of things that you can start things off just just about about little stuff that that are key things in daily life that we need. And finding that key thing that you love to do, it could be the smallest thing. It, it could really make a, a huge impact. So so what are your next steps? Like, I see so much passion in you about benefiting the community and having inspiration and pushing forward and creating things. What's up next for you? Drum roll, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now I just feel like it's to be determined. We drum rolled for <laughs> a TBD. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of stuff up next. You know, I'm about to graduate high school. Whoop, whoop, that's 2020. <laughs> 2020. You know, it's a lot of things that you know I want to do, but it's a lot of things that I also want to do. So. You know, I got I got a lot of options and I don't I don't want them to overbear me and, you know, make me think about it, think, think too much about. So, you know, it's a lot of things I could do after high school or even now. But, you know, that's that's just it's <laughs> just do you feel a rush to pick? Uh, Sometimes I could. Sometimes I could. Mm-hmm. But. Right now, I'm taking it nice and slow. Nice and slow. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> this woman here talking about, yeah, you, you are. are. <laughs> so what what advice would you give to up-and-coming black entrepreneurs, success seekers, budding leaders? Look into your roots. And not just saying about, like, your family or your history of your family. Just look into your roots, your individual roots. Like, what is it about you that you feel like you want to work for yourself, you know, want to be successful in something that you want to do, you know, because being an entrepreneur already puts you on a different side of the norm, you know, and and then being a black entrepreneur also puts you on the normal side of, I mean, a different side of being the norm, you know, because, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big uh, thing to tackle by yourself, you know, being an entrepreneur saying that I want to go get it by myself. I want to do this for me. Or do this for whomever, you know. That's that's a that's a big thing to face by my by any by anyone, you know, by themselves. So sit, sitting there saying that this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do, you know, that itself takes a lot of time and development in, in the mindset. So what I would give is to never give up. First, first and foremost, never give up on anything, on anything that you that you set your set your goals, set your standards and goals for. Never give up on it. Don't matter how long it takes. Don't give up. You know. Number two, have the goal. Don't 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 sit around and, you know, say I want to do it, but it's not. That's not what you want to do. You know, that's not the goal that you set. When you have the goal, have a goal and. 
Commend yourself to the goal. And then number three, stay focused. I love that three-step plan of success, Langston. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Black Futures Month. We loved you here. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We really enjoyed having you here. You provided a lot of, of great insight into, into what it means to be in the STEM field, to be a teenager that's run, you know, running a business yeah. and doing all those great things um, in your life. And one of the things that I really liked that you gave mention to was the fact that, that you're so ambitious and, and that you, you, you know that if you want to be successful, it starts with yourself. And you had to push yourself from the, from the inside and, and make sure that you had the right mindset to do anything. And, and so with that, I'd like to say thank you one last time. And um, while black, <laughs> we out. <laughs> it's the wild black. We out. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.